spoken me. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones, and many, many other places. Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006, and currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken Label full stop, bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free stream in there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it would be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. And the end. Spoken Label. Back in the house. In the quarantine zone, unfortunately, so... <laughs> The way country society's going at the moment, but it's everyone's wondering. I'm okay, so but it's just we've got to be careful nowadays. So, so a lot of spoken label, as you might have guessed, now will be on the phone, on Facebook, Skype, any way I can. So today's session is with um, a gentleman, also originally from is I'm sure they're not also originally from also from the Stretford area where I grew up, and we've been talking with just off mic before Dave worked me about all the places in Stratford where you live, and I grew up around all of that, so it was great fun hearing all of them. But, um, I think um, it's a very, very small world, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> completely right with that one. Now, David Bond, who is the poet I'll be introducing in a minute, um, came down to speak easy, ooh, well, ooh, a little while ago, by Stratford night, I co-run with Amanda and Steve Smythe, and I loved his stuff so much, we've been trying to sort this one out for a bit, so... So, David, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are and where all your creativity originally came from. And we'll start from there. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so, it's a very difficult question. So, I'm uh, David from Stretford, as, as you were saying. Um, uh, grew up in Stretford, um, moved around a little bit, but somehow ended up back here back in the shadow of Old Trafford, um, which, as a City fan, I'm not too happy with. But, oh, yeah, I like, um, I like you even more now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as, um, if recent years are anything to go by, at least, um, you know, we've knocked them off the perch. Um, anyway, we're not talking about football, are we? Um, no, I'm not. Have it. Yeah. I just wanted to have a dig at Man United, to be honest. <laughs> just, I want, but that's what I'm doing with my writing. It's just giving me the opportunity to have a dig. Anyway... <laughs> I'm not bitter, anything. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Need to, as city fans, we don't need to be bitter nowadays. No, not anymore. Not anymore. That, that's that's <laughs> moved on. Um, so yeah, I'm from from Stratford, moved around a little bit. Um, I, I think I've always wanted to do. I've always enjoyed writing, um, and I think it's almost like my default position. Um, and I've never really wanted to do anything else. So. Even, even say in my work, which I really enjoy, I do. Um, I've always done bid writing for charity. So yeah, yeah, and that's what you're saying before. What you do for a day job now, don't you? So, which yeah, yeah. Is, is is a creative way of expressing yourself, I suppose, isn't it? In a way, so 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean, it's obviously quite a rewarding job, like being able to get um, or try to get uh, funding in for projects through writing bids. Um, but it's brilliant in that it lets me like kind of hone my writing skills. So learning to write concisely, learning to write persuasively, learning to write to different audiences. Um, so it all really helps with creative writing as well. But creative writing is really where I want to be and if I could make some sort of a career out of writing that would be the dream really but other people have done it so why not yeah yeah you've got to believe yourself as a writer I completely agree so were you writing as a child then really were you has it always been like that first memories when you wrote a poem or something like that was it basically or has it come along a bit later on uh, yeah, I think it's, it's always been the case. Uh, I was looking through some of my old stuff when I was clearing out my um, room at my parents' house where I grew up, um, and I found even things like uh, Christmas cards um, that I'd wrote, that I'd you know, sent to my mum and dad or given to my mum and dad. And the strangest bunch of uh, collection of, con- uh, strangest collection of writing in there, I think, I can't believe like, I wrote all this stuff. It's like a... Um, I don't know, it's like I lost my mind. I thought, I can't believe like an eight-year-old is writing this weird stuff. <laughs> um, so I thought, I was, I was thinking like, well, maybe if, maybe it was I'm a bit older of, um, you know, become a bit more weird, but I think I've always been weird, so there you go. Um, but I think, as, as, as obviously like a lot of children, I was into um, video games as a, as a child, and I think I enjoyed not, I almost enjoyed more creating ideas for video games in my head than actually playing them. Um, and I always remember when I was playing the game Driver 2, which is an old PlayStation game. I loved it so much that I thought, well, I'm going to have to make Driver 3. I'm going to have to make it even better. Um, so I actually found out who the developers were and um, and sent like a list of things that I thought, thought they should put in the new game. Um, so there's quite a lot of like content in there. And the... They even sent me a letter back saying, "Oh, we, we might we'll take your ideas on board." I mean, obviously, they didn't mean it, but it was nice to nice to get that recognition. Oh yeah, um, completely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great stuff. so it's yeah, so it's, it's I think I've always had um, an urge to do that. I think I think probably most people do, but it might be suppressed to one extent or the other. Like everyone wants to express themselves, and doing it um, through writing is a perfect way of doing it. Really, yeah, completely. I agree with you there. I do like it as um. Um, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have known this, but like it's, um, I'm very one of these sort of people who's very precise in my writing. Where everything I've wrote, I've completed to some sort of satisfaction. I've got them all logged in little hardback A5 books. Would you believe? Right. And I've got pretty well everything since I was about ten. So wow. I've got around. I think I've got fifty-four or fifty-five of them now in a big plastic container under the bed. Would you believe? That's brilliant. Yeah. Maybe you need to get them um, on like digitised so you don't uh, lose them. Oh, no, no, no chance of that one, right? I said, I'd be heartbroken if I lost them, right? So, yeah. <laughs> that's why, but yeah. No, as I said, um, but anyway, when you were growing up, when you were growing up as a writer, did you have any sort of writers that were big influences on you? And what do you read nowadays? Um, yeah, I read a lot of, uh, read a lot of fiction growing up. Um, well, that's a good question. I loved uh, the Philip Pullman novels, um, the, uh, what's it called, the... Yeah, and the Spyglass and Subtle yeah. Knife and uh, Have you been watching? Did, did you watch the TV series in that last year? Did you? It, it was pretty good. Yeah, I've seen some of the episodes, but it, what kind of um, jarred for me was loads of characters see, were in it used to being Shameless. So it kind yeah. of uh, yeah, I, I know it's kind yeah. of yeah. I was struggling to really like lose myself in this fantasy world where Frank from Shameless was in it or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, read a really love Philip Pullman. Um, I, I think I tried too hard to read. I tried to read books that were kind of above my age level, and I thought this is too much, and then I had to go back to them years later. So um, <laughs> I think when I was about twelve, I tried to read the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, Oof. which is like an ancient Chinese um, huge novel epic novel and to be fair I went back more recently tried to read it and I still don't get it but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I remember I remember trying to get into Harry Potter but um, I think partly because I don't know why maybe, maybe, I don't know why I did it but partly because it was so popular um, it kind of put me off it so automatically something in me thought well I'm not going to like this if everyone else does kind of uh, the, the opposite thing uh to where people follow the sheep it's almost like well I've got to do something different um, and even then I thought re- reading stuff like that I thought well I can write a book about witches and wizards well why can't I do it she can um, so that was an influence in a way um, but now we read a, probably read a lot more non-fiction now um, so I read a lot of books um, and I never did any science subjects at school I don't think I was clever enough I did my like, English and history um, I read a lot of books about um, like language, consciousness, psychedelics. Um, it's a very interesting area. Um, and it's not an area that's known about because it's a bit taboo, but um, there's a lot of interesting themes there, a lot of interesting, um, a lot of interesting content. Cool, cool. Now, I've said it for you, you read more than non-fiction nowadays. So where did it, what made you then want to start take, go and say, for example, come to Speakeasy in Stratford? Like, because I, I know, like, you think you booked it in advance, didn't you, through Steve, that one, if I remember, I don't think it was with me, but like I said, but, so I take it, did you have an interest in wanting to go and what, go to go to nights and stuff and see how people, other people did work? Yeah, because um, I think, I, I, was, I was thinking, like, well, as a priority, I wanted to, um, and still want to, like, forge a career in writing, so I thought that would be a good way of getting myself out there and seeing if people like my stuff or if they didn't like it, how could I improve it? Mm. Um, but also going for the enjoyment of um, hearing other people's work because what's I f- I f- it's a privilege, really, to go to um, a night like Speakeasy and hear such great work that other people just don't hear about because m- most, well, most people, if they are going to read it, stuff that, and we're not having, I'm not knocking it, but stuff that's like maybe in the top ten bestseller list at WH Smith or something, which isn't a bad thing, but we get to hear genuinely great material um, for the first time round sometimes, and it's live as well, so it's, it's really good to hear other people's stuff, and that, that serves as an inspiration for you, I think. Yeah, it does for us, does for us as well, because uh, there's a good example going on where Amanda got inspired massively by a piece that somebody wrote once, because um, she lost a member of her family a couple of years every year, and somebody came along and read a piece out. I'm not saying who, but I um, read a piece out. And I know it proved a massive influence. Short about ten poems on it, basically, by wow. using that not the anguish, using the power by holding back on the words of it. Sometimes you do and like it, and it's like manuscript itself is such a vibrant literature, literature side at the moment. I know you've been to other nights yourself as well, haven't you? And trying other places out all the time as well. And yeah, yeah, I, it was a few, yeah, yeah. It certainly did. There's so many good. You're right. It's a good way networking and getting the field of how you can improve your writing as well so certainly so now 
obviously before we were talking off mic and I know long term you'd like to try and bring a book out, wouldn't you? So Yeah, yeah. Um so I think the my aim really is uh falls between purely writing for self expression because that's a good thing in itself. Um it's, it's just good to write and get you get whatever's out in your head onto paper. It's good for your mental health as well. But um, my, I suppose my mind with, with writing is to try and change things. Ultimately, I'm not saying that I'm going to release a poem and or a story, and everyone's going to think right. We're going to change the way we do things. But writing does change. Sorry, if if people read books or read poems, it can change the way they think. And if people change the way they think, it changes the way they act. And that's that's what I think is brilliant about writing, especially when it's um, when it's subversive. Um, look at all the look at people like Shakespeare. Um, not that I'm aiming to be Shakespeare. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Like, um, so sort of people like Shakespeare, Thomas Hardy, George Orwell, like they change the way people think, and they can have a massive impact. Um, so I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do writing, like why not aim high? Like why not try and change the way that the world works for the better? through changing the way people think or at least challenging things or questioning things or bringing new ideas to the fold. Um, that's what I like to do, uh, ultimately. Whether I do or not, I don't know. If I get to the end um, and all I've done is express myself, then that's great. Um, but it would, it would be nice. So I think initially I'd like to publish um, a short story collection because that, that's what I really enjoy. Like, um writing short stories but trying to get trying to get a theme going with them is more difficult um so what one minute and write someone that's a bit of a, a light-hearted comedy and then another one is um really gruesome horror story um <laughs> yeah and it's, it's uh, if you look at like say 10 of my short stories and i think god like it's like 10 different writers it feels but um, oh yeah i think you yeah. do sometimes is as a writer we don't like to stand still and perhaps some ways we should learn to stand still and make success out because I set off it sometimes. Because I know Amanda's in the same situation as you there because she's mm. done novels on lesbian mermaids. She's yeah, just put, yeah, no, <laughs> that's very Amanda, right? And she's also done a book on um, done a zombie novel, and she's currently done the paranormal crime thriller book. So oh, and right. I said, and she writes all kinds of poetry and short stories herself. So it's. I think in some ways it's trying to market yourself down, but yeah, I get it completely with that one. So now, obviously, I know you do poetry as well. So, um, what's do you have any sort of regular occurring themes of your poetry? Um, yeah, was, well, when I was uh, submitting an anthology to the um, Northern Writers Awards, which is um, it's a award for Northern writers, um, of course, yeah. to showcase the showcase the poetry and short stories. Um, so I was looking through all my material that I've written um, over the years, and uh, I think nature comes up in it quite a lot, um, or almost all of it, actually. Um, so there must be some... The thing I like to do most if I've got free time is just like go out on my bike or go out for a walk, even if it's down the canal towards the meadows rather than you know, going out a bit further. Um, and I think that's the place where I um, get most of my ideas, just sitting in nature, being still, paying attention, um, and just seeing what comes to mind, really. So there is a lot of that, and I think I think that's uh, maybe like a well-being thing for me, because uh, obviously everyone has stresses and so on, and I think that's my way of coping with it. 
Um, so just being somewhere quiet without noise or distractions or computers, any of that sort of thing, and just being on your own and being still. Um, and then the writing flows from that naturally. Yeah, yeah. I get completely with that one. So I'm more the sort of person that I write when I'm on the go, sometimes in between public transport, uh, going to and from work. But yeah, I do. There is a, there is that sort of magic magicness when you go and stay sit in the middle of a field or somewhere, don't you? And there's yeah, yeah. and you get a breeze and they go to sun blowing, and you know, I completely can relate to that. Certainly, so yeah, yeah. No, great stuff. Now, obviously, so I know your long term plan. Obviously, like I said, is to go and keep up thing. But certain now, um, what are we, what what am I you telling people a bit more about as well? And obviously, we don't have to name you, name you the charity you currently work for. But I know what you told me before, like you do you write bid writes, bid writing and stuff, don't you? So. Now, if people are interested in getting into that sort of field of work, how did you get into this sort of work in the first place? Um, yeah, I am. Um, I what did you do? So, whilst I was at uni, I did a, a work placement for a charity in the corporate fundraising department. So, uh, gained a lot of skills and a great experience there. Um, but then, after uni, I wanted to work for a charity, and I, I became a fundraiser for a, a small charity in Stockport. Um, so basically, I, I did everything. So one minute I was trying to um, do a grant application, and then the next minute I was trying to do a name the teddy uh, <laughs> or getting a collection box. It was, it was a bizarre job, or helping somebody to go to the toilet. Um, yeah, it was a very strange job, but from from that job, I found that I thought, well, I thought this is brilliant. I like writing. Um, I'm going to have to go to work nine to five, uh, five days a week most of the year for the rest of my life yeah. or most of the rest of my life um, I may as well I've got to find something that I can enjoy so I found a job where you can write for a living which is, is brilliant really that even at work now um, I still have it in my head whenever I have to do something other than write as in do the actual bid proposal yeah. um, I resent it so if I'm, if I'm called into a meeting, I think this isn't work. This is this is a distraction. It's it's almost the same to me as like having a break. Um, and when when I remember a meeting being postponed, and um, my boss was annoyed. It's like, oh, we're going to have to, um, you know, we're going to have to do that again later. I thought, brilliant, I can just get back to my writing. Um, <laughs> Stop my every so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the less I have to do other things other than write at work is is great. But maybe not the best attitude to have sometimes. But um, yeah, I just I like to do it naturally, so yeah, it's good. No, no, completely. Now, if people want to find out more about you, where are they best going? That's a good question. I'm not considering. I want to, uh, you know, find myself a career in writing. I'm not really, I'm not really that good at social media or anything. Um, what could they do? Um, Facebook page usually. So people start. Do you put? Do you put? put much of your work up on Facebook? Do you? Or? No, I haven't yet. It's. Um, I mean, I've, I've, what, I've, what I've done is start. I've submitted lots of um, short stories and poems to um, uh, to like competitions and awards. But in terms of having an online presence, I don't actually have that much. But I do. I do have. Um, I've published things on a, an ebook site before. Let me just find out what it is. Uh, the link to it. Have you heard of Smashwords? I have. Heard, I have heard of Smashwords. So oh, you're on Smashwords, yeah. are you? If you, yeah, if you, of, um, you can send, sorry, send, send the link over to me afterwards if you can't find it briefly. And we could, I'll, yeah, put, yeah. I'll put it in the write-up, and that way people can check you out smash words, and certainly. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll just, um, I'll just uh, get my Twitter up now as well. It's, uh, so my Twitter handle is at uh, dbond34. dbond34, yep. 
Actually, no, tell a lie. I, was, yeah, I told you I was all very good at online presence. I've changed it now. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's at D underscore James underscore Bond, D-O-N-D. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I should tell you as well, I'm a secret agent. <laughs> um, oh, he's your middle name James then, is it? So. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> this, that's worth mentioning, actually. So I, I've never really taken myself that seriously, so I'm trying to inject a lot of humour into my writing. So... Um, and it shows even in the name. So when I was, I think it's about 12, if you go to Catholic school, you get confirmed um, and you get a confirmation name. So when somebody told me to get a free name, I thought, brilliant, I'm going to have to use this to uh, to my advantage. Um, so I thought, well, my second name's Bond, so well, why not just pick James? And I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm just... Uh, uh, misremembering this, but I'm sure in the church where the priest had to read out on the day what my confirmation name was going to be, I got a few laughs. So, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't even like, I didn't even like the James Bond films, but I just thought, well, <laughs> may as well take the opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah, no, completely so that is, yeah, that is my Twitter handle, so I'm going to have to start putting stuff on there other than football memes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, what, yeah, D, D underscore James underscore Bond. I'll check make sure I've got that wrote later, that's fine. Send over to me afterwards your Smash Words profile as well. And what yeah. I'll do is I'll put that over in your write up for your podcast when I get this released eventually for you, mate. So, Brilliant. no problem with that. Right, okay. Now, with this obviously being a telephone podcast, what I always do, Dave, is I actually terminate the call in a minute and then I'll mm-hmm. get this call saved and then basically I'll ring you back in about five minutes. And then if you can, would you be okay to read out a few pieces for us? Yeah, how many, how many pieces do you want? Four. Yeah, that's fine. Brilliant, sounds good to me then. Right, I'll see you in five minutes then. Right, thanks very much. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye. Cheers, bye. Spock, mate. Hi, guys. Still with David, and de- straight over to David now, because he's going to read out a selection of his works to us. Over to you, my friend. Thanks very much. Um, yes, I'm going to read out four pieces, and I'll... Um Try and explain them without ruining the end of the story. Hopefully you don't find out who the killer is straight away. Um, right, there are no killers. It's all nice stuff. Um, I believe I'm going to see it. <laughs> it's certainly, that, was a, that was a complete lie, actually. I don't know why I did that. It, the first one's about World War One. Um, so, uh, so this came about uh, because... It's funny where you get inspiration. I was watching... Um, I don't really want to give plugs uh, to uh, films, but um, the, watching the film 1917 uh, recently, um, I don't know if you've seen that. But I'm not, uh, actually. I saw the one that Peter Jackson did last year when he colourised everybody. That was good, yeah. yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. I've not seen 1917, mind you. So was it any good? Um, it, I thought it was amazing. Like, I'm, I'm quite critical, really, but I thought it was an amazing film. And it, it was one of the interesting uh, techniques they used was to make it look like it was one continuous shot. Oh yeah, um, I read about that. Yeah. yeah, which which really added to the tension, especially when I was thinking like, oh, what if somebody just sneezes and they have to do the whole take again? Yeah. Um, but um, I think it was actually I read up afterwards. It was done in a series of seven to eight minute shots, but it just looked like it was continuous. So it was a fascinating film. Yeah, I've um, seen I've seen a German one called Victoria that actually managed it. And really? What, yeah, right. and they did it over about the mid. They did it over about four, you know, four. They, they shot the film, film four times over four oh, successive wow. days, and they picked out the take that they were found they were most happy with. But I thought right, myself, yeah, that was. I thought, and that you can tell that was like done in one shot because the camera was following people as they're running yeah. on the street shooting at each other and stuff like that. 
Oh, right. That sounds good. I'll have to get into that. Yeah, yeah. it's a good film. Yeah, anyway, yeah, but it's, when you're watching techniques like that, they are quite, in, quite surreal, actually, really. So, mm. But anyway, anyway, on to your point. Yeah, well, um, basically it came about because I was watching the film and it was, um, the landscape was obviously completely ruined through the war and it was started, you know, during the film, I was thinking, like, I wonder what, um, you know, the fields of, like, northern France and Belgium would have looked like um, before the war. I mean, obviously, you know, you can look into history books and so on, but just to try and imagine that in your head, like, um, I would imagine it was quite a peaceful uh, quiet place so that's that's the um that's the theme of the uh, poem and it's called 1913 1913 before the metal rain countless tulips kiss the horizon they silently await their fate countless bodies will take their place before the long dark night gentle hills undulating without worry streams with no names merely trickles a simple and pleasant busyness before the noise and confusion church bells softly peal, cows jostle, cowbells jingle, shepherds call expectantly. The passage of time is slow, but outside forces now intervene. Tension accelerates, nothing will ever be the same. The birds of 1914 sing loudly, the last dawn chorus. Tomorrow, noise never heard before, tomorrow shall deafen them. Deafened, dead, the final curtain call, hell has been performed, earth the stage. 1913, a bittersweet memory. Poppies in place of tulips now, growing rich in the blood and bones of strangers to this land. Fantastic. Yeah, it's got a real weight behind that, Dave. So, no, excellent, Thanks. excellent stuff, mate. So, no, I remember, you doing, I remember you doing that one at Speakeasy, actually, as well. So, this one, I'm, yeah, glad, I'm, glad right. you, I'm glad you started off with that one, mate. So, okay, what's the second piece you want to do? Um, let's have a look. So, um, the, the next three pieces really are um, what I would call meditative poems, if that's the right word. Oh, good, um, good, good. <laughs> so, uh, basically, I've tried to meditate for about 10 years, but I just don't have the um, patience for it. Um, and I've read a lot about it, and, you know, people uh, have some sort, of, some sort of spiritual transformation, but it hasn't quite happened for me yet, unfortunately. But there you go. Um, so, instead of meditating I thought well I need to do something to try and achieve the same effect so I do do that by either going out in or imagining something in nature and then just writing about it um so the first one is silent sunset the castle looms large as the sun falls below the birds sing wistfully honoring the end of day grass and weeds dominate high up on the lonely cliff the dandelions stretch forward, greedy for the final rays. The wind howls mournfully, rushing through the ruined stone, as if trying to seek attention of people long since lost. Far below the waves envelop, thrash and recede, thrash and recede. They strike with formidable fury of a lover abandoned and betrayed. The sun finally falls, departing from the scene, and all is cast into shadow, and all is cast into silence. Brilliant, yeah, I remember you doing that one to speak easy as well, yeah. Good choice, that one, because it's a nice contrast, in a way, to 1913. The 1913 piece is very na- it's about nature as well, but this is obviously in a, a, a completely different way, so, no, good, great stuff, Thank mate. You. Great yeah. stuff, mate. Okay, what's your third piece? Um, so, this is another meditative poem, I suppose. It's uh, designed to you know, instil a bit of peace into your mind, and hope it does. Um, 
this, I think I said it at Speakeasy as well, it's uh, me nostalgizing, is that a word? Yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> it is quite good. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it, um, you know, other people have invented words. Um, maybe I've got it wrong, anyway. Uh, nostalgizing <laughs> for a childhood that I didn't have in a small, remote, English, quiet, leafy village. Because, um, of course, I grew up in uh, central Manchester. Um, so it would be nice to grow up in a nice little countryside village, but I didn't. So I'm going to have to make up that I did. Um, so this is it. It's called English Village. The schools are closed. The parents are home. Life is winding down in this little English village. Autumnal leaves scatter in the brisk wind. <coughs> Branches sway and shiver, bracing for the night. The bird singers to sleep, a sweet dusk lullaby. The oak canopies mass against a blackening sky. The woodland stands tall, retaining its old world splendour, lying for years undisturbed, quietly growing and dying. Oh, I mean, that is a short one now, isn't it, as well? Yeah, I, forget, is, I, yeah. I forgot sometimes I'll go, I'll short your poems and get sometimes. <laughs> but I think it's good, it's good sometimes, like, as a writer. Like, I think it's always good if you, like, if you mix and match, you do a longer one, like your 1913 one. And your last mm. two were all been quite short pieces. It's, it's, it's a good idea. Good discipline for any writer to do that. So great stuff, man. Okay, finale. Well, I appreciate you saying that because um, I think, to be honest, the reason why the poems are short is I'm not confident enough yet to write longer ones. <laughs> 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 but, that's honest. Really on that one. <laughs> yeah. no, at least you're honest about it, mate. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't let that go, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> 1913 is the longest one I've written, so... Oh, you really? Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get into three pages one day. Blimey, that's when they get... A good tip for any performing poet, if you get to that length, then it starts getting harder to keep audiences interested. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Um, yeah, so the last one is probably the first poem that I started feeling confident enough to send out to publishers and awards... um, so, yeah, quite, quite proud of it. It's uh, based on a visit I had to Austria, um, to a little village um, where you know, it's very serene, very quiet, and I would have liked to have stayed there forever, but unfortunately life called me back. Um, so this is called Alpine Dawn. For once the waters are still, not even a ripple or a gentle lapping at the lake's edge. As if posing for a picture... Or owing itself a rest, the lake holds its breath and all turn to marvel. Eagle plumage shimmers as they strain to see. Gossamer highlights twinkle as the spiders draw close. Admiring with reverence, the snake cease to slink. Gazing above with awe, the fish cease to swim. The yawning chasm of orange, the sun yearns to see too. Soothing the landscape into contrast, illuminating the view. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful again. So how many lines is that last piece? It goes about ten lines, is it? Sixteen. 16. Yeah, and it wasn't. I knew it yeah. wasn't a dick long one. That's excellent stuff. It's a great way of finishing it off, that mate. Because short, short, concise stuff, definitely. So, brilliant. I've really enjoyed this today. So, thank you for this today, David. Definitely. So, now hang around. I need a quick word off mic, but this is on the end saying thank you again to David and keep in touch, everybody. The most important is stay safe, and we'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Thank you. See you soon, guys. Bye. Spoken Label. Thanks again for listening to another session of Spoken Label. Our full archive can be found over on Bandcamp at Spoken Label, that's one word, 
spoken label full stop bandcamp.com and there is over 150 sessions there so I'm sure that if you've enjoyed this session there'll be something else there you can enjoy as well take care bye bye spoken label